What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. On episode number 49 of the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast, we are going to get into a big discussion about Tennessee basketball and what has gone wrong in the past couple of weeks. Ron Slay is my guest, and we're going to get inside the head of a former All-SEC big man at the University of Tennessee and try to explain the play and the performance of Tennessee's current All-SEC big man in John Fulkerson. I'm going to ask Ron about how Tennessee can unlock the first-team All-SEC performances they got from the Kingsport native last season, how Tennessee's guards can do a better job of feeding Tennessee's bigs down low in the post, and how Eve Ponds can continue to take the next step and try to get Tennessee back on that three or four seed line uh, instead of the five or six where they might be sitting right now. As always, it's brought to you by Brentwood Hearing Center, reminding you that you may have challenges talking on the phone, hearing a conversation clearly, and that Brentwood Hearing Center has a tailored, individualized hearing solution to meet your specific need. If you notice yourself turning up the volume when you're watching TV, maybe that volume levels like between 25 and 30 right now listening to this podcast or when you're listening to The Zone, Brentwood Hearing Center wants you to know that every patient is different and they're not going to give you a cookie cutter approach to solve your hearing problems. Their website is easy to use at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com if you think yeah, I might be talking about you. And you can call to schedule your appointment right now at 615-377-0420. They've got the latest hearing device technology. They've been serving Middle Tennessee for over 40 years. Give them a call at 615-377-0420. Check out the website, BrentwoodHearingCenter.com, and tell them I sent you. Brentwood Hearing Center, better hearing, better life. It's the 49th episode right here on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. It's Ron Slay talking Tennessee basketball, and it starts right now. It is episode 49 of the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast here on the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network. Talked football with Ramon Foster last week, and this week it is Tennessee Hoops with the one and only Ron Slay. Ron, how are you today? Thanks for uh, for hopping on the podcast with me. I'm good, Will, man. I appreciate you having me on. I get to come out to Ramon, man. I know he set it on fire. I, I, I try to do my best, man. I try to do my best. It's a family affair here on the uh, the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network. And, uh, you know, I, I apologize for having you on this specific episode because the topic of conversation today, uh, not as positive today as it would have been on Sunday or Monday after Tennessee's win over Kansas uh, we will get into that win over Kansas. Certainly want to dissect what Tennessee did well over the weekend. But let's start with Tuesday night in Oxford, Tennessee. They finished 5 of 20 from the field. They missed 13 of their final 14 shots. Uh, and Rick Barnes says after the game, he wasn't sure anybody had a good game uh, in the 52-50 to 50 loss against Ole Miss. Ron, where do we begin? Uh, what was the first thing that jumped out at you about this loss? Um. First thing that jumped out with me was where was the focus? You know, you 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 were able to get up and and scoring the ball 
easily um, in a sense. You know, it was a good carryover from the Kansas game to the beginning of the Ole Miss game. And then all of a sudden, man, you, you Kermit Davis threw some junk defenses at you, and it was like you you were deer in headlights. You forgot everything that, that went with it. And, you know, listening to Coach Barnes, he said he had the guys prepared and everything, and I, I imagine he did. You know, this was a team – you got to see early in the year, Ole Miss was playing very good defense. And looking at the tape, um, you would see Tennessee struggled versus Colorado, um, versus a zone, and then even UC Upstate. You know, they threw a little zone at them and kind of mixed them up a little bit. So that was something they struggled with, and I know they addressed that, UT did, in practice um, and getting ready to go into SEC play. Maybe they forgot a little bit, um, but I know leading up to it, it could have been a hangover from the Kansas loss, but – um, I know he had them ready, you know, and, and these guys, they said it. And how you come out in the second half and you don't score for 12 minutes and 37 seconds or something like that, that's, that's, that's embarrassing, man. And they should take it – they should take that to heart. You know, that that's nothing on the coaching staff or anything. You're prepared. You got to get the ball over half court, man, versus a team that's scratching and clawing just to climb the SEC standings. That, that, that can't happen, man. And hopefully um, – and I think maybe with the fans being missing, sure, maybe that had a little bit to do with them taking the foot off the gas and not not taking the team on out. But you you can't you can't leave a door open for these guys like this man, uh, a team that's explosive. Um, when playing at home, you know, and you got them on the ropes, you got to knock them out. And that that just goes to to show this team the inconsistencies in them as far as the mental leadership and, and the mental fortitude that they don't have, you know, they don't have the guys like a me or Admiral Schofield or Grant Williams to jack them up and tell them, Hey man, come on, man, get your act together. You know, all of it's dependent on the coaches. So uh, we'll get into it later, but I, I got, I got a bone to pick with John Fulkerson about that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah let, let's, let's start with John Fulkerson then, because I, I had this kind of written down to ask you about um, uh, from one all sec big man to another mm-hmm. uh, at the university of Tennessee. Um, it, he showed a lot of signs of life against Kansas. Uh, yeah. It looked really, really good. Played 30 minutes, 11 points uh, after scoring just 11 points over his previous two games five of eight shooting, six rebounds. You're starting to feel like John Fulkerson was back uh, to the way he was at the end of last season. Tuesday night at Ole Miss, a different story. Uh, 29 minutes, he had five shots uh, and finished with eight points. Um, What does he need to do differently um, in order to be more effective and get back to his performances that he had at the end of last season? He's a one got to be more assertive um, and know that, you know, the offense, in a sense, John, leaving off where you left last year, uh, last six, seven games, I think he was averaging like 18 points. He was going on the tear, um, started with that Kentucky game, coming back from double digits, and kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. And we were kind of looking forward to see what was going to take place in the SEC tournament, you know, with him being as hot as he is, Eve's coming along, Santa getting his feet wet, and um, hopefully Jordan Bowden could get out of his little slump. But – Going into this year, you would pick first team all SEC. Now, a different responsibility comes with that. Um, a different type of target is on your back. So you got to be able to, 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 to channel that and put it onto the other players. Like you got the shoulders to carry this team. That's what's expected of you. That's what we're not getting from him right now. If he could answer the bill, I think this is a totally different team. He goes from averaging 15 points to 11 points. That's, that's not going to work, man. Not when, 
you're the guy that we're expecting to carry this team. So when all else fails, we can always depend on you to be a consistent threat on both ends of the floor. And he's just not doing that. Why? I have no earthly idea. Um, maybe he, maybe he peaked last year and he, he overachieved. But I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that he saw all this coming before. This was Grant Williams' roommate, you know. So he yep. saw all everything that Grant did, everything Grant went through. Um, a different role. You, you, you stepped into that role last year. No reason for you not to step into it this year. And I think that's where my problem lies with him. The team is waiting on you. They're looking at you. They're right. looking for you to leadership. Coach Barnes is saying that over and over. And then you see an output like he did against Kansas. He's hitting his jumper. Coach Barnes said, man, we haven't seen that turnaround jumper yet. He did it in the Kansas game. Yeah. We think we're going to see that leading over into the Ole Miss game. He shook it off. But then here comes the seesaw effort. Back and forth. Now he's back to the old John, you know. So in order for this team to turn around, John Fulkerson has to take the challenge, and he has to turn it around. Does he have the skill set to be the focal point uh, of this team, or is he at his best when he's the number two or the number three option? Uh, and I ask that because it seems like Rick Barnes' teams at their best in Knoxville have been at their best when they're playing inside out, when they're throwing the ball down low. Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield were such good passers back out to the perimeter, and that would either open a, a driving lane for one of the guards or an open jump shot as Tennessee would kind of cycle it around the perimeter. We haven't seen that. It's like Tennessee isn't going inside out as much, and it's forcing these late mid-range jumpers from, from Jane Springer and Keon Johnson late in the shot clock that are, are, are shots they can make, and, and they'll hit those shots and beat some teams making them, but they're not consistent. They're still low-percentage shots. So I say all that basically to ask, can John Volkerson be the focal point of this team? Yeah, I think he can um, because being the focal point of this team doesn't um, rely on you to be taking dribbles. You know, sure. one or two dribbles in attack going downhill towards the basket from the elbow you can have great success. We saw it with Robert Hubs. You know, um, yeah. we saw it with Grant Williams. We saw it with Admiral. So, um, and we saw it with Fulkerson last year, and we've seen it in spurts this year with him and Eves um, being on that elbow. So I think, yes, he can. He does have the skill set because all it all it takes is if the guy's up on you, John go around him, shoot the little one-hand floater. If you can back the guy down smaller, back him down, shoot your hook shot. You get it on the block, do your turnaround jump shot, you know, over your right shoulder. Like, it's it's, it's simple. It's easy for him, but why won't he do it? That's the question. It's like he's waiting on somebody else um, to help out. And he wants to be, it seems like he wants to be that number two guy. So I, I think it's more so mental with him. I definitely think he has the skill set because he's shown it. You know, McCormick is a big guy. Right. He showed he could play against him. The guy from Cincinnati, they had a seven-footer down there. He showed he could bang and, and take him out on the floor also. So the it, it, he has the skill set to do it. It's just what gets that motor going to do it. That's the problem. So is this solely, you think, a problem with his mentality and not mm -hmm. demanding the ball enough? Or uh, do Tennessee's guards have some of the blame as well for not looking for him more down in the post? Um, I, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, one, I think the Tennessee guards come out and they're looking for him, and then it gets to a point in the game where, hey, man, we have the capability of taking over too, and we, right. we have the skill set also. And they do that. You know, you got a guy like Victor Bailey Jr. who is um, always got a fully loaded clip and ready to shoot. So yeah. you got him ready to go. You got Jaden Springer ready to create uh, for himself and others. 
Keon Johnson, even though he's not the best shooter, but is a guy that can get to the basket and get to the paint and make plays for himself and others. Vescovi, his clip is always loaded. So, and then you got Eves, who they're wanting to show more in his game, you know, to step out. So you got all these guys around you. And I think he's listening to that noise also, instead of John, no, you're the guy. These guys can do all this around you, but it frees up you to have open space where you're not getting double teamed and things of that nature. So I think it's more of a mental thing with him. And I think he's struggling with it um, by himself. I think the coach, he knows the coaches are putting the game plan in to go to him. But if you keep on waiting and waiting and waiting, these other guys are hungry, man. They want to score yeah. and get the ball going down downhill also. So it's a push and pull uh, uh, with, with, with John right now, it looks like. The guy that looked hungriest to me on Tuesday was Keon Johnson. And if there is a positive coming out of this game, and I'm really searching here for any positive <laughs> coming out of Tuesday's game, uh, it was Keon Johnson's assertiveness in that final six, seven minutes. Uh, now, the, the corresponding negative, he still is working on finishing at the rim, finishing right. through contact, and getting the ball to go through the basket when he's fouled around the basket right now. But if that's a guy that can kind of become this team's alpha Tennessee can can really make up for a lot of the the losses it's had earlier on in the season and really get close to that ceiling if Keon Johnson is the guy. Uh, now, Ron, the problem with that too is though that Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson haven't been consistent three point shooters. Right. So it feels like every time they're on the floor, teams aren't respecting their ability to to just pull up and shoot, mm. but are just waiting for them to drive. So how good can Tennessee be with Keon Johnson maybe being that alpha and stepping into that role? I think he's used to that role. We got to, I got to see him play in high school and then coach against him also. And um, I know it's a different level, um, high school and college. But in a sense, as far as mentality, you can have that same mentality and carry that over into college. And I think he has that. We got to see flashes of that also at the end of the game in Florida. Yeah. When they played Florida, he was like one of the guys that's really pressing to get something going. You know, yeah. we got to see the same thing in the Ole Miss game. So he does have that mentality. Um Will the power be relinquished and um, you let a freshman take the bull by the horns? That's that, That'll be interesting to see with Coach Coach Barnes. He's a guy that makes freshmen earn everything um, outside of Kevin Durant, but he was his hardest worker, so it sure. was a little easier. Um, with Keon, um, like you said, those guys not playing up as far um, and packing the lane in against him and Jaden Springer. Got to get in the gym and work on his shot a little bit more and get the confidence in it. I think he knocks it down when he has confidence and doesn't hesitate, but it's different when you're going to be the guy and we're asking you to go get a bucket. Can he handle that as a freshman? I think more so Jaden Springer could. Um, sure. Um, but I, if you can mix the two, I think you have the perfect player between Keon and Jaden. So uh, somehow they got to figure it out. I think Coach Barnes did a great job of shaking up the lineup and, you know, um, getting guys, um, getting the feet holding their feet to the fire and holding them accountable for what they're supposed to be doing. Might be time for another one again. I know you don't want to keep doing that. You don't want to have some kind of consistency, but it might be time for it again. You might need to lean on, lean on uh, Victor Bailey Jr. Sure. You know, um, and just have him as the, the go-to bucket in the starting lineup. And I, I, one thing for sure, we, we won't have to worry about him not shooting a shot. He won't turn down anything. So, right. yeah, we have to see. So is, is Santiago Viscovi Tennessee's best option at point guard or is Tennessee at its best if Jaden Springer uh, can take over that role? I, I kind of go back and forth because Man, me too. I feel like the ceiling might be higher with Jaden Springer, but then you see what happens when Viscovi has to sit in foul trouble against Ole Miss oh, yeah. and, and Tennessee starts turning the basketball over a ton. 
Uh, is Jaden Springer ready to, to try to be the main guy at that role, or are you still waiting for him to prove himself a little more? Um, I, I want to see him prove himself a little more at the point guard spot before you give the keys to him. I sure. think with Vescovi, he's a crafty enough um, guy um, without having all of the athletic ability and everything. He's crafty enough, and his IQ is high enough where he can play the point guard spot. And he's been a year in Coach Barnes' system, and we all know how difficult it is to be a point guard in this system. Yeah, so definitely. he's kind of settled into that. And I think it's, it'll be hard to try to transition Jaden into that off the wing and playing in that. You know, we've seen um, Keon play that spot a little bit. Jaden play that spot a little bit. Also, Josiah Jordan James, I think he's one of the guys that could play it, but then you take away from what you're getting on the wing with right. him and then sometime at the four spot. So um, to answer your question, man, I, I think Jaden does have the ability to do it. Can he grasp everything that Coach Barnes wants him to do on the court offensively and defensively and still be able to pack that punch offensively knowing that you got to get other guys involved in the set? So uh, that's a little difficult. So was uh, do you think the Ole Miss loss was the worst loss of the season for Tennessee this year, or are you still sticking with that that 26-point blowout loss at Florida? Um, You know what? I, I think – oh. <laughs> it's hard to go choose but yes it is man <laughs> like I want to say Ole Miss because I think coming into that game this was one that I looked on the calendar as especially coming off the of Kansas this is a check mark right you know this is a tune-up getting ready to go into Kentucky we didn't think Ole Miss was going to be this good um so you you automatically checking that off as, as a win the Florida game man I think that was just more of an embarrassment I think they that, that was a situation where Three of the top guys were out. It's one of those teams rallying. Um, yeah. You know, they had a lot more to play for in a sense, you know, playing for um, Keontae and, and and the other guys that were out. But and, and that that happens in sports. You you kind of rally when when people sure. are out a little better. Right. But that Ole Miss to me, man, I would have to probably, maybe because it's fresher, um, but I, I would probably have to lean on that because we were supposed to win that game. Like you're up, you're in control of that game, and everything was self-inflicted. I, like Florida, Florida did that to us. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the Ole Miss game, we did that to us. Like Ole Miss, yeah, they took they they, they took what we gave them and, and they made they made orange juice with the oranges, but that was certainly all of us. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I that's I can't walk away from that saying Ole Miss beat us. Yeah, they won the game, but we lost that game as much as we as much as they won. Right. All right, last thing I got for you here is uh, uh, this quote from Josiah Jordan-James I find really interesting, saying after the game, uh, it's a really disappointing loss. It shows that we're still an immature team. Mm. Um, that, to me, is a, a big red flag about this basketball team right now. And if you're in this locker room right now, can you fix maturity uh, midseason? Uh, is this something that the DNA of your team, either have it or you don't, or is this something that you can develop over the course of a season? And if so, how do you do that uh, in the middle of an SEC season? It's tough, man. You you got to recalibrate some things, and you got to come. I, I think the team. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's the coach. I think the team has to get a, uh, like they said, a come to Jesus moment. And Coach Barnes, you saw in that Kansas game, he drew the line in the sand, and they held the line. This is a point where the team. They're the only ones that can mature. You know, um, regardless of whatever the coaches say, the schemes, the strategies, any kind of test they put them through, you can't mature those guys until those guys are ready and they got to take it upon themselves. I think that's a good good point with 
Josiah coming out and being vocal with that. You know, everybody gets to read that and hear that, and they know what the problem is. So what are you going to do to fix it? And this is a team that, that lives by the moniker, it's not about me. So if it's not about you, what are you going to do to buy into this so we can get this team back on the right track and live up to our potential? He's one of the guys I do think can step up and uh, speak, and guys will listen. Fulkerson's another guy, but I, how much does he speak up? That's the whole question. Yeah, you may see it in practice. You may see it in the locker room. But I think it needs to be done on the court. As, uh, uh, in the, it needs to be done on the court in the sense also. Like, it's not a thing where um, you got to get out there and show a guy up and call him out or anything. You can right. encourage him and, and get on to him at the same time. So one guy has to step up, and I think it could be Josiah Jordan James. We don't expect Eves to do it. Um, Fulkerson has never done it. Um, so – but Josiah looks to be that guy that you can lean on to do that. And hopefully guys respond. I think Keon is a guy too, but them being freshmen, you're kind of reluctant as in a sense to step in and step on toes, even though we're late in the season, um, you're reluctant to do that as a freshman, especially when you got upperclassmen that have been there, you know, and you've seen them win games. You've been on your recruiting business. You've seen the atmosphere against the Kentucky. You've seen guys rally. Um, and, you know, it's always the upperclassmen that do the rallying. So yeah. very seldom do you see a freshman guy come in there and do it. So I would lean on Josiah to do that. You love that they, they love each other and that they're they're likable guys and that they, they all get along. Now it's time to, to kind of say, look, if you really love each other, get in somebody's face and piss them <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Because at, at the end of the day, man, this ain't a good guy contest, man. And this yeah. ain't about all likes. It's about getting wins and about coming together. That's much more, much more pleasing than to be on the other end of that stick. All right, man. We, we appreciate the time here, uh, as always, on the pod. Uh, between you, Ramon, we've, we've been raising the bar uh, here hey. on this, this podcast over the last couple of weeks. Uh, appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we'll get a better performance to talk about uh, a- after the Kentucky game here this weekend. Man, most definitely. Got to get this win, man. I appreciate you having me on, Will, man. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more.